0: Let us remember we are always and everywhere in the holy presence of Christ. Hello, this is Rick and welcome to The Presence Podcast. You are here for episode number 84, year two. And I am here speaking to you from outside. No, not on my back patio slash porch, this podcast, but in one of our local wonderful metro parks. Had a little bit of time to fill today. I thought I would get out and take a quick hike before my evening begins, and I gotta tell you, I have to record this podcast. This has been banging around in my head for the last few days, and yet, I've not had a chance to sit and share this. So here I am. I hope that wherever you are, dear listener, as you listen to this, you are well and I am grateful that you're here as I share with you how I kept my eyes, my ears and my soul open to experience the presence of Christ. Well, this happened a couple of days ago, or actually probably, I guess, 3 days ago because it was Thursday of last week. And you know there's there's many things that that happen to me in my day-to-day life that I don't re- create one of these podcasts um, and reflect on. But yet sometimes there are things that stay with me. Something that happens and then it just kind of turns over and bangs around in my brain and my heart and I finally feel that I have to make the time and the space to sit and record. And this is one of those things. It was actually about two meetings, two Uh, conversations I guess that took place on Thursday hours apart physically only a few storefronts apart and they felt so very contrasting and they struck me in, in a few different ways I'm gonna start with the second one actually and regular listeners to this podcast will know that I work a Saturday job at a winery a local winery in the uh, small city that is adjacent to Columbus, uh, which is where I live and work and so forth. Well, this winery that I've been working at for quite a while has been having a speaker come in and offer sort of an infotainment kind of evening. He talks about music and he's done some really interesting um, talks w- about Bon Jovi and Duran Duran. He did a uh, a talk on the Eagles Hotel California and similar kinds of conversations. Well, this particular evening, this was on Thursday, his topic was Jimmy Buffett. Yes, this is the Jimmy Buffett of Margaritaville and ham cheeseburger in paradise, that guy. And uh, it was an interesting talk in the sense that not only did the speaker sort of track through Jimmy Buffett's uh, life and his career, he also explored some of the many ways that Buffett has marketed his Margaritaville brand and really what they would say, what they would call a lifestyle, a way of living and thinking and identifying in the world. And this was underscored by a middle-aged gentleman who got up and uh, at the intermission and talked about, invited listeners, and again, it was a full house here at this winery, invited listeners to uh, become part of the Central Ohio Buckeye Parrot Heads group, clan, cult. I, I don't know what you would actually call it, but club, I guess, would be a good word and he invited people and, and spoke for a fair amount of time and there were, people gave him attention and it really seemed that there was a, an interest and in identifying and belonging to this club. Well, this is all really just prelude to what a statement that, that just kind of hit me early on in the, um, this, this talk about Jimmy Buffett and, um, I gotta say, I, I did learn a few things that I thought were interesting. Buffett did come from a relatively poor life. He, he lived near and on the water. His family uh, were fishermen. So, you know, his idea of this waterfront, beach, laid back kind of living, there is an authenticity to that. He, he does come from a culture um, where that is uh, celebrated and also lived through work and the hard work of fishing and so forth. But the statement that really kind of struck me was an early one in the talk where the speaker said, Jimmy Buffett was, is, still alive, a great man. Hmm. Now, it struck me because there's a lot of different ways to define great, right? And um, is he a great businessman? Certainly. He's worth millions, if not billions of dollars. Is he a great composer? Well, you know, that's debatable. Certainly there are people that love his music and there's others that absolutely think it's ridiculous and atrocious and simple and simple-minded. But is he great as far as his character goes and what he is promoting, how he is encouraging people to live? I don't think so. Because one of the things that I found sort of curiously absent from the talk, and I don't know if this was an oversight by the speaker, if he just didn't mention this, but there was no talk at all about Buffett's philanthropy. That there was nothing mentioned about even token, maybe, ways that he might be giving back from his wealth and his riches and his empire of Margaritaville resorts and housewares and beer and so forth, restaurants, right? And it struck me this idea of calling him a great man because when I in my world and in my life think of great men and women, I think of the saints, right? Either the ones who are officially ordained by the church or those that are popularly celebrated as holy men and women who have stood for justice and stood for human rights and have stood up and in many cases lost their lives, gave everything. And um, yeah, Jimmy Buffett doesn't really fit in that category (laughs) at all. And I was thinking about this as I worked Remembering the conversation I had just a few hours earlier that morning, this is Thursday morning, just a few doors down on the same side of the street even, at a local coffee shop. And this was with an Episcopal priest friend of mine. And we were talking about mysticism and the great mystics and the importance of mysticism for our times. And I came across a a great little quote about Christianity and mysticism in um, my daily uh, reading that I do of Father Richard Rohr. If you're familiar with my sub-podcast, Christ Through the Elements, you know uh, about Richard Rohr. But Richard Rohr says Christianity is all about incarnational mysticism. Hmm, okay. Incarnational means simply that we hold as followers of Jesus the Christ that God became flesh in Christ and that God continues to become flesh and fleshed material within creation. But mysticism, that might actually be the the harder word, maybe certainly the harder word for many followers of Jesus the Christ to embrace, to self-identify. What Father Richard says mysticism is, he says, quote, A mystic is one who has moved from mere belief or belonging systems to actual inner experience of God. So it's essentially one who has moved from the head, the affirmation, the creedal belief to fully experiencing God at the core of one's being, heart and soul, one's own being. And, um, you know, we think of mystics having powerful, singular experiences, and and many mystics do. But I think many more of us, people of faith, people of the way of Jesus the Christ, it's more of kind of everyday mysticism. I, I think I'm describing mysticism in this podcast, as I go through my days seeking to experience the presence of God and the books I read and the conversations I have and the people I meet and the creation that I see trying to identify and point out and experience God in the midst of all of that. I think that's mysticism. And again, I'm struck by the profound difference between seeking to become a Jimmy Buffett parrot head, like the, uh, Guy at the winery talk was uh, inviting people to join or seeking to follow a mystical way, which my friend Father Joseph and Father Richard and, and so many others are encouraging more and more. I think that really is at the heart of a lot of the spiritualities of our time, whether they are explicitly Christ centered or even God centered at all. So, I think though, whether one is seeking the parrot head path or the way of mysticism, there is a common human longing though at the heart of that. There's a longing to go beyond oneself, to be part of something bigger, to have a community, to share a vision, to experience a deeper way of life within this oftentimes mundane and confusing and difficult world that we live in today. And this isn't to bash the parrot heads, but I will say that only one of those paths, the path of the mystic, is going to lead to something eternal, something that is real and life-giving and doesn't pass away. Whereas the parrot head path, well, that really doesn't go much of anywhere. And I think ultimately it leads to disappointment. And it might lead to pleasure and to fun and to, uh, you know, kind of uh, kicking back and, you know, wearing the, the floral shirts. But in the end, where does it go? Does it really fill the heart's deepest longings? You know, if the heart, the human heart what we truly, deeply long for is love. Well, God is love. And the great men and women, the mystics, the ones who see beyond, are the ones who live lives of love and surrender and giving and service and kindness and so much more. So I leave this with you, dear listener, to sit perhaps in that tension. Where are you in your longings and your desires? Which is more attractive and maybe seductive to you right now, to be a parrot head on the way of pleasure and Buffett Margaritaville, or to follow a mystic spiritual path, a way that is bigger and larger than your own individual life? And lastly, how do you feel about being called a mystic? Is that a name that you would embrace? Is that something that you would identify with? Um, And if you listened to the last podcast where I was talking about the calling to be a prophet, how do those two callings relate to each other? How are they connected? And which one attracts you more? Which one maybe scares you more? (laughs) Which one... Would you like to pursue more in your own day-to-day living? As always, thank you so much for listening. Blessings and peace.